I begin these proceedings by asking the Council's permission to have this filmed, have our meeting filmed. Is that agreed? There are 25 trainee journalists in the audience at the back. Be careful what you say today. Um, I've agreed to the submission of the minutes of the Audit Committee on the 29th of September as urgent business. The first international conference on age-friendly cities was held in Dublin in September, and Councillor Sue Cooley attended this conference on behalf of the Council. In 2010, Manchester became a member of the World Health Organization network of age-friendly cities. At the conference in Dublin, Councillor Cooley signed the Dublin Declaration of Age-Friendly Cities and Communities on behalf of the Council. A copy of that declaration has been circulated to all of you. Manchester's recognition by the World Health Organization as the only age-friendly city in the UK is a tribute to the excellent work of the Valuing Older People team in the Council. And I'd like to pass on all our thanks to the team and especially to their manager, Paul McGarry, for what they have achieved. Can I ask Paul to come up to be presented with the Dublin Declaration Scroll. It is my sad duty to report to the Council the death of former Councillor Anne Carroll on the 9th of September this year. Anne was elected in May 1987 to represent the Northampton Ward as a Conservative Councillor and served until 1991. During her term of office, Anne served on the Art Galleries, Housing, Neighbourhood Services and Leisure Services Committees and subcommittees of those. I therefore invite the Council and all those present at our meeting today to join me in observing a moment of quiet reflection dedicated to her memory and the service that she gave to our city. Item two, uh, members are asked to remember to declare personal and prejudicial interest in respect of items on the agenda. The minutes of the two meetings held on the 13th of July have been circulated. Are they approved as the correct records of our meetings? Agreed, thank you. Item four, the executive. 
The next item is the proceedings of the executive for the 27th of July and the 14th of September 2011. I'll now go through the proceedings item by item, starting with number 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, Councillor Sandiford. Uh, thank you, Lord Mayor. Um, this item, Lord Mayor, has to do, of course, with the consultation over high-speed rail. And um, the proposal for high-speed rail has had all-party support for a number of years now. Um, under the Labor, last Labour government, uh, this project was started and the support sought of the Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats, which was willingly given, and much discussions took place on, a, on an all-party basis. It's probably the most important infrastructure project that the country is committed to, with uh, really far-reaching reaching potentials for jobs and the economy. And it certainly, I think, uh, uh, it's not understating it to say uh, that it, it will go a long way when it comes to fruition to closing the north-south -south economic divide. Um, when the coalition government was set up uh, in May of last year, there was an agreement drawn up between the Liberal Democrats and the Conservatives, the coalition agreement document, drawn up in just five days. And that document says we will establish a high-speed rail network as part of our program of measures to fulfill our joint ambitions for creating a low-carbon economy. Our vision of a truly national high-speed rail network for the whole of Britain. And that shows the coalition's commitment, even at that early stage, to this project. It is now out for consultation and we have in front of us the response of the executive to that. And I'd like to commend the executive for uh, supporting in, in a way I would have expected um, the growth of railways in this country and certainly here in the Northwest has been quite remarkable over the past uh, uh, 10 years or so. Uh, and we, in fact, so much so that we now are dealing with problems of overcrowding during peak commuter travel times. In fact, those people who say uh, that this will be a white elephant and it has nothing whatsoever to do with crowding, I think, miss the point. Unless we start now on an infrastructure project of this kind, dealing with the economic needs of the future, uh, that is the way in which we will start to deal with the economic needs of the present day. Not only is this an important infrastructure project which will provide jobs, uh, but of course it will eventually uh, loosen up the present railway network so that the commuter bottlenecks that we get, overcrowding, uh, will in, in part and possibly even fully uh, be eventually relieved. Uh, 
Philip Hammond, the Secretary of State, said our proposed new HSR network would free up a huge amount of space on current railways for more trains to operate. Building a whole new line would create scope for people who live near the current stations to get more frequent services that are less crowded. I would also hope that this additional competition would mean cheaper fares as well. Well, I think we can, whether that will happen is uh, only, only time will tell. However, the response to the consultation, which the executive is making, stresses the need for a station uh, for high-speed rail in the city of Manchester, in the centre of Manchester, uh, possibly at Piccadilly. I think that's the context of the response. And for connect, so that connections for onward travel are readily available. And that's how it should be and certainly has our full support. It's important, in, in finishing, it's just to say, it's important that political pressure is kept up to ensure that this important project comes to fruition as soon as is feasible. Thank you, Lord Mayor. Thank you. Uh, item 89, item 90. Under 91, I call upon the Leader to move the recommendation in connection with the approval of increases in the capital budget for the following corporate services, land adjacent to Macintosh Mill, to increase the capital budget by 350,000 in 2011-12, the Chief Executive's regeneration, access improvements for disabled people at various locations, to increase the capital budget by £70,000, neighbourhood services, alligates, to increase the capital budget by £300,000 in 2011-12. Move, Lord Mayor. Is that recommendation agreed? Thank you. Item 92. Item 93, item 94. Did somebody indicate? Lord Mayor, I just wish to, in the light of the question which I asked the executive member at the last council meeting relating to the AGMA Public Protection Commission and the fact that although Manchester had a place on it, which is, and I think recent events have shown how important it is, that public protection is taken seriously right across the conurbation. I note that um, although it was dismissed as being of relatively little importance at the last meeting, Lord Mayor, that Manchester no longer has a representative on that commission and that we have been replaced by someone from elsewhere in Greater Manchester. I think that's very sad, Lord Mayor, because I do think it's an important commission at Dagma level and to be taken off effectively for non-attendance, Lord Mayor, is a very sad thing. clearly didn't listen uh, at the Executive Committee Councillor uh, Pearcy. Uh, clearly what you said was uh, not true. Uh, first of all, when we got to the appointment of commissions uh, this year at Agmareg's Executive, the number of places available to Manchester were reduced by uh, one. We still have more places than any other local authority bar, uh, bar one, but we had to lose a place on, uh, on a commission and there was actually a probably over-competition for all of those. For all of, all of, all of the uh, commissions. 
Uh, I agreed to lose the place on the Public Protection Commission for two reasons, which I stated at the Executive. It is first that our lead member on crime and disorder is already actively engaged in the body that feeds into the Public Protection uh, uh, Commission, so we have an active, active involvement in all the reporting goes to that Commission. And it's also the case that at the current time that the Public Protection Commission is chaired by a, a representative of uh, Manchester City Council who happens to be our representative on the, uh, on the police authority. And I uh, believe that Councillor Paul Murphy is quite capable of adequately representing us on that yeah. body, Lord Mayor. Thank you. I'll now move on to the uh, meeting of the 14th of September, starting with number 96, 97, 98, 99, 100, 101, 102, 103, 104. On 105, to increase the capital budget by 250,000 in 2011-12, neighbourhood services, CCTV bus lane and parking cameras, to increase the capital budget by 150,000 pounds in 2011-12, children's services, Beaver Road adaptations, to increase the capital budget by 100,000 pounds, and the chief executive's regeneration, spinning fields, to increase the capital budget by £650,000 in 2011-12. Move, Lord Mayor. Thank you. Is that recommendation agreed? I continue with 106. Lord Mayor. Yes. Thank you. Lord Mayor, I'd like to take this opportunity to emphasise some of the key points that were raised concerning Manchester's early years provision in the meeting of the Executive on the 14th of September. Now, as the Executive Member is aware, I can't see him, I'm, I do apologise if I've missed him, um, Manchester Parents and the Sure Start campaign have expressed the concerns on the timing of this report. They heard from the Manchester Evening News and BBC Radio 4 before they heard from the Council. Members themselves only received notification of the report on the evening of Monday the 12th of September, just two days before it was to be considered at the Executive meeting. I cannot emphasise strongly enough that the level and quality of consultation is critical to the outcome for families and staff members alike. The Council must be seen to be making every effort possible to ensure that this process is transparent, accessible and accountable. We all know that the language used in Council documents is notoriously inaccessible. Having raised this issue at the Executive, I am pleased and relieved to note that this has been taken on board with the Have Your Say web pages and the consultation questionnaire. However, parents tell me that they are finding the questions very basic and they have real concerns that the Council will not be able to get useful information from the survey. Parents also want to know if it's true that neighbourhood services will be taking control of some of the centres. Sure Start is much more than just daycare. Families can access drop-in sessions. They can get support with parenting skills, help with disability, whether it's their own or their child's, or they can get advice and support to get back into work, education and training. 
As a first-time mum, I used parenting and the baby massage classes in the local children's centre in Old Moat. This was as much about caring for me and my mental health as it was about caring for my child. And if the executive member were here, I would ask him to give some reassurances to ordinary families that the new providers will be able to offer, will be able to offer these services. Finally, would the executive member like to comment on a recent revelation that at the same time as the council is letting 1,600 people go, it is now employing 51 agency or temporary workers in Manchester's Sure Start service. That's nearly 10% of the total workforce at a cost of over a quarter of a million pounds. I wonder, does the executive member consider that this is a reasonable use of council resources? Thank you. Thank you very much. Item, sorry, I didn't mean to. We'll respond, Lord Mayor, uh, in the absence of uh, Councillor Khan, very, very uh, briefly. And some of these points were raised at the uh, Executive Committee, and including the one about the report being uh, issued with uh, only two days prior to the committee. And it was pointed out at that time that uh, the date of the committee was the 14th of September. It wasn't proposed to begin the consultation until the beginning of October. And when that consultation began, it was going to be a full three-month uh, three consultation. So actually, uh, by having the report at that point, it gave parents and anybody else three weeks' notice that the consultation was going to uh, begin. I think that's quite the opposite of springing something on people uh, unknown. And the only way you can tell people that a consultation is going to begin is by telling them that a consultation is, is, is going to begin. And that's exactly what the, uh, the Executive Committee uh, uh, did. Uh, it is uh, a consultation that, that will be very full. Uh, there is lots of opportunity to uh, for people to put their views in. We're not going to respond uh, two weeks into a consultation on what the outcomes are going to be. That would be completely improper uh, uh, to do that. We will listen to what people have to say and respond at the end of the, uh, the, end of the consul, uh, consultation. In, in terms of uh, agency staff, it is an expectation from the administration that in all areas of the council, uh, that uh, we minimise the use of agency, uh, agency staff. There will often be particular circumstances, particularly to do with uh, sickness and absence, not necessarily letting people go, because actually most of the people who applied in early years for voluntary severance were turned down because of the operational needs of the, uh, operational needs of the service. There will be circumstances, uh, and it is monitored very, very carefully that we do minimise the use of uh, agency uh, staff. In terms of uh, buildings, buildings belong to the council. Uh, the divisions between departments are things we make up. It's not one department owns it or another department owns it. They are buildings that are owned by the council, full stop. Item 107 to item 108. Those minutes are received. Uh, item 5. Two questions have been submitted to the executive members and I'll deal with them in, or in the order they were received. Question for the Executive Member for the Environment from Councillor Jones. Thank you, Lord Mayor. Could I ask the Executive Member that given the decision of Newham Council to begin a consultation process on the introduction of a mandatory landlord licensing scheme across the borough following a pilot scheme in Newham, 
Would he commit to introducing a similar pilot scheme in the Withington Ward, followed by a citywide consultation? Thank you, Lord Mayor. Can I thank Councillor Jones for the question? This type of licensing would actually come under the remit of Councillor Andrews, Executive Member for Neighbourhoods, but I can assure you that we are closely monitoring the scheme that's been proposed by the Labour Control Council in Newham, as we are also closely monitoring the scheme by the Labour Control Council in Oxford. As you are aware, Manchester City Council, again Labour controlled, were the first to introduce the Article 4 directive, which means that planning permission will be required to let a house to a group of three or more people who are unrelated. This has been brought in due to the fact that the Labour Lib Dem Tory government scrapped the HMO planning regulations introduced by the last Labour government. Manchester Labour is committed to making neighbourhoods better places to live for residents, especially in areas where some treat it more as a fun fair rather than a residential street. You have a supplementary? Yeah, can I thank the Executive Member for his answer? And uh, I'm sure that Councillor Andrews will hear my supplementary, but would he agree with me that the example of Clifton Avenue in my ward, where of 14 properties operating as houses in multiple occupation, only three are licensed under the current scheme, and that indicates why a mandatory landlord scheme is required uh, both in Withington Ward and in wider parts of the city? Just very quickly, as I say, it is under Councillor Andrews' agreement. I'm sure he's more than happy to meet upon similar occasions. But we, we, you know, we're fully in agreement. Some of these areas are, as I say, treated more as fun fairs rather than actual residential streets. And we need to do something about it. Can we move to question two again? To member from Executive Member for Neighbourhood Services from Councillor Jones. Thank you, Lord Mayor. Can I ask the Executive Member for Neighbourhood Services, and thank, can I thank him for meeting me to discuss highways issues in Withington Ward, and could he update me on the current position in regards to the introduction of an all-green pedestrian phrase at the traffic lights, the junction of Maldith Road, Wilmslow Road and Maldith Road West? Uh, thank you for the question, Brendan. Um, and also, thank you for thanking me, but I really think you should actually thank Chris Paul because he was the one who gave me permission to go into Withington to see you in the first place. Um, I, I have looked closely at the, at the request on the traffic lights, and one of the things that is quite clear is the cost of doing what you're asking for is somewhere between 80 and £100,000, uh, which is a significant amount of money that I don't happen to have. Um, one of the things, um, as you're fully aware, is the fact that because of the cuts that we have faced is our highways capital program had to be frozen now i'm more than happy to actually support your uh, uh, gang to actually try and get this money back from manchester that the government have taken i can assure you if you get us our um, 109 million pound back then i'll make sure that these traffic lights are somewhere near the top uh, of the first things that we actually do well can i can i just point out as well though i says i'm i'm quite a I'm quite an approachable executive member. I know you might not think that about all executive members, but, uh, but, but I'm quite approachable. And I think I've said at council on a number of occasions that you don't need to wait to council to speak to me. And I'm more than happy to speak to sensible Liberal Democrats on any occasion. And I remember, and I, and I, and I remember with Councillor Donaldson when I offered the, the opportunity to him to come and see me. Um, I did say, but he'd have to get Simon to come and see me because I didn't consider Councillor Donaldson to be sensible. I do consider you to be sensible, and you don't have to wait for council. If you want to come and talk to me about any specific issues in your ward, then so long as we don't tell Chris Paul we're doing it, I'm sure that I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm more than happy to meet you, councillor. I'm sure you have a supplementary, councillor Jones. Oh, I thank the executive member for his answer. <laughs> 
And uh, I will simply say that I will look forward to meeting him for many years to come in the Withington Ward. Thank you, members. Uh, item six, I'll call through the names of the committees and date of meeting and then recognize first the chairs and then other members who may wish to speak on the items. Children and young people, 19th of July, 6th of September. Councillor Carmody. Thank you very much. Citizens and inclusion on the 20th of July and 7th of September. Councillor Jones. Move, Lord Mayor. Thank you. Communities and neighbourhoods on the 22nd of July and 6th of September. Councillor Curley. Thank you. Economy, employment and skills on the 20th of July and 7th of September. Councillor Green. Move, Lord Mayor. Health and well-being on the 21st of July and 8th of September. Councillor Eddie Newman. Thank you, Lord Mayor. Uh, if I may, in moving these uh, two sets of minutes, I'd like to uh, update uh, the council members on the walk-in centre uh, closures uh, situation. On Friday, the 7th of November, John Scampion, Managing Director, NHS Manchester, informed me as Chair of the Committee that NHS Manchester intends to go ahead with the closure of Ancoats, Withington and Withenshaw Forum walk-in centres with effect from late November or early December. Withington Walk-in Centre, based at Withington Community Hospital, has not been in operation since December 2010 as NHS Manchester decided at that time that they did not have the staffing to keep it in operation but it, is, but it has not been formally closed and its closure is part of their current plans. I should point out that December 2010 was uh, seven months after this wretched NHS dismantling government was elected and five months before I became chair of the Health and Wellbeing Overview and Scrutiny Committee. The Health Scrutiny Committee has been in discussion with NHS Manchester for several months. The committee unanimously agreed that it could not accept the closure of Ancoats, Withington and Withenshaw Forum walk-in centres unless adequate alternative access to same-day clinical advice from a doctor or nurse at the patient's GP surgery is in place and seem to be working successfully for a couple of months prior to any closure. NHS Manchester had intended to implement the walk-in centre closures in September, but I secured a pause in their plans whilst discussions took place on improving same-day access to GP surgeries. The committee's last meeting uh, endorsed my actions and gave me authority to refer NHS Manchester's proposals to the Secretary of State before the next committee meeting on 20th October if NHS Manchester went ahead with their paused plans. My negotiations with NHS Manchester were making some progress but they have not been prepared to delay their plans any further. The Health Scrutiny Committee wanted a further delay of several months to see if NHS Manchester could deliver on their promises of alternative same-day access to doctors or nurses at GP surgeries and demonstrate over a couple of months that this was genuine same-day access to a healthcare professional. 
They say that they must go ahead now due to winter pressures. But those pressures apply throughout the health service and closure of the three walk-in centres increases the difficulties for the potential users of the three walk-in centres who will have to try to find health care elsewhere this winter. We do not believe that closing the walk-in centres contributes to improved health care when genuine same-day access to doctors or nurses at GP surgeries is not comprehensively in place. So under powers available to Council Health Scrutiny Committees concerning substantial changes to NHS services that are not considered to be in the interests of patients and the local health service, on Monday I sent a detailed referral letter to Andrew Lansley, the Secretary of State for Health. I asked him to intervene and postpone the closure of the walk-in centres to allow further discussion with the committee and to allow time to ensure that adequate alternative access to same-day clinical advice from a health professional at the patient's GP surgery is in place before the proposals are implemented. I also asked him to make a direction to delay the implementation of the proposals to close Ancoats, Withenshaw Forum and Withington Community Hospital walk-in centres until he has given proper consideration to this referral due to NHS Manchester's intention to implement the closures in November. In addition to keeping open Ancoats and Withenshaw Forum walk-in centres, I am also asking him to confirm that Withington Community Hospital walk-in centre should reopen, that is be brought back into operation whilst he considers whether or not to approve NHS Manchester's proposal to close the three walk-in centres. So in conclusion, Lord Mayor, uh, I think I've tried to work with the committee uh, and had its support in trying to keep the walk-in centres open uh, for as long as we could and now it's up to the Conservative Minister, Mr Lansley. I really do hope he does take notice of the, democratically, uh, of the views of the democratic representatives of the people of Manchester uh, and the MPs also obviously support our position. I do take exception to ridiculous and absurd accusations made by John Leach, a Liberal Democrat MP for Whittington in letters and in ridiculous uh, articles that are being circulated uh, where he talks about me having done a deal to consign Withington Walking Centre to permanent closure in return for keeping Ancoats and Withenshaw Forum Walking Centres uh, open. And gosh, Withenshaw Forum Walking Centre is in the Woodhouse Park Ward, uh, represented by Councillor Newman. Yeah, I'm no, no uh, apology for trying to keep those walking centres open. No apology also for trying to get Whittington Walking Centre reopened. And this absurd accusation from John Leach, backed up by his three Lib Dem councillors at the scrutiny committee who moved an unsuccessful motion and no confidence in me because apparently uh, it was uh, crazy of me uh, not to try and get the walking centre in Whittington reopened while discussions with NHS Manchester were going on. And uh, I finish on this. In this, uh, uh, in this uh, leaflet, we've got a quote uh, from Councillor Victor Chamberlain added, when Labour closed Withington Hospital, people were promised that services would be provided at the new community hospital. These promises have not been kept, and now Labour councillors are doing nothing to protect our walking centre. Uh, but bizarrely, uh, in a leaflet in a neighbouring ward, we've got Councillor Bernie Ryan adding exactly the same words. So was it Bernie or was it Victor? I don't know who wrote it. Who could it be? Or could it... 
or could it actually have come from John Leach's office where they produce all this kind of rubbish uh, in huge amounts uh, and soon one day at the next general election they won't be able to do that anymore. So I try to keep this on the basis that all the councillors in Manchester wanted to keep these walk-in centres open, including reopening Whittington, but to keep Ancoats and Withenshaw Forum open as well. Uh, but because of the political games of John Leach trying to throw a smokescreen, the same week he, unlike some of his Lib Dem MP colleagues, was voting for this wretched NHS bill that is dismantling and privatising the NHS. And John Commons, John Commons, said after the last elections, John Commons said that Nick Clegg was David Cameron's and the Tories' poodle. I'm sorry, John Leach is Andrew Lansley's poodle, and you shower are, you shower are John Leach's poodles. Council. We don't normally. Members, thank you very much. Um, Councillor Sandiford. Yes, Great thank man. You. Thank you, Chair. Um, I was uh, one of the three Lib Dem councillors who, um, <laughs> who moved a motion of no confidence in the Chair. Um, because, as I said, I did not believe in his negotiations with NHS Manchester, he had sufficiently made a case, in fact, as far as I make it, I've made next to no case at all, to reopen Withington Walk-In Centre. And I'm delighted that is you U-turn today. Absolutely delighted. I mean, to, to learn that he's now written a letter to the Secretary of State asking for Withington uh, Walk-In Centre to be reopened. Well, that's exactly what we were asking for. That, that should have happened right at that beginning. And he's made a U-turn. And as for this quite ludicrous point about the coalition closing it down, could I point out, as I said in a press release, and he knows, that before the general election in May 2010, 2010, the Manchester PCT's finances were measured as poor, and the recommendation was made to make 20% cuts across the board, regardless of who was in government. Now, that was, being, that was a statement made when Labour was in government, okay? And for the chair to keep on this scaremongering, to say that the coalition has closed uh, within to walk-in centre, when in fact it was the actions which was forced on the PCT when Labour was in power is, is quite, is quite ludicrous. Time. 